Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Seawall Podcast. I'm Nick Greer. Uh, I'm Noah Wright. I'm Levon Dunn. And I'm Matt Corker. We're uh, going to interview Noah. And uh, we're really uncomfortable right now, aren't we? <laughs> like robots <laughs> and meatball boot. So Noah played with Liberty. We got his ball here. He's now going to the Jackals. He was drafted. First round. And uh, pretty excited about it. Actually, I'm, I'm bloody pumped. I, I try not to cuss, so that's fun. Yeah. Noah's been around for a minute. Kind of seen it grow up a little bit. I mean... He's always been a very mild-mannered uh, man. He'll he'll smile by the end of it, I promise. <laughs> Where do uh, I begin? Oh, yeah. Let's go. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, before I get to that, I'll make a quick little clarification thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I was drafted third round mm-hmm. in the draft. Okay, that third round. Uh, third, third round in the draft, but Mark, second, I mean, I'm Mark sorry, buddy. It was all, it was all technically round. one round because they only televised one round. The That's rest a good point. I went on Instagram and then I watched three plays. But, uh, yeah, where did it start? So I started seven or eight, 23 now, 15, 16 years ago. I played football for a year, and then my older brother, Ian, who still plays, he uh, he got invited by one of his coaches, a uh, Wee football coaches at the time, to come try rugby, and he went out, played a couple games, I went out, was watching, and I was like, I was like, whoa, I gotta try this, and uh, the iconic memory that I have is I was on the sideline watching a game, just a kid elementary school at the time, and Jeff Candler, who was coach for Liberty at the time, saw me just kind of throwing the ball around, kicking the ball around, and he goes, you wanna get in there? And I was like, sure, but I don't got any shorts. So he grabs a pair of uh, tape scissors from the med kit and cuts my my favorite pair of jeans into shorts. Jordan, total bobcat. I just ran out onto the field with some jean shorts, and yes. that was the start of it. So you had some jorts, custom jorts. Yeah. And then I, then, I, then I transitioned to the the white shorts that said, "Hey, these kids in white shorts, don't tap." <laughs> you see my feet, little feet kicking out every now and then, rucks just. White shorts, with little feet, and then everyone's just like, I'm just looking around like, what the heck? That's awesome. Matter of fact, uh, going through, I, I was Facebook stalking you and uh, got some pictures. They're they're going to randomly show up on the telly up there. And uh, a couple of, of you being, you know, super wee with yeah. a bunch of the big boys. And, uh, and one of them is him tackling one of the big boys, too. And it's just, I mean, gold. Just gold. Uh, well, your family's pretty big into rugby. Yeah. To say the least. Your dad and I, man. Like, I could talk with that guy for hours, man. We just blab, blab, blab and just nerd out about rugby. They're pretty they're pretty important in this role, isn't it? Like, to get you here. You, yeah. you had mentioned it earlier when we were shooting the gift. And why don't you elaborate on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, beyond, like, what other people go through growing up playing high school sports, driving to all the games and helping me get everywhere. I guess the, the best example is, so I was invited to Dubai for the NAI, the North American Lions when we went to Dubai Sevens for a U19, U20 Invitational. And I got the call, and the second that I got the call, my dad had already made GoFundMe, had already reached out to people to get help, had already done all this stuff, because like it's a big, it's a big commitment to do, and he's already telling everyone, he's already doing everything, put out for even... Even I got a chance to tell other people, everyone's getting messages, and my dad's already told everyone, and then I got invited to U23s last summer to go to Amsterdam, and I was one of the second rounds of selections, so they were like, hey, in the second round, we need a confirmation and all this other stuff by the end of the month, and I told my dad and my mom, and within like a week, everything was good, they'd already gotten everything squared away, gotten flight, gotten all the stuff prepared, and it's just like, like I, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for my parents, but also Merrick, my younger brother, and Ian, my older brother, I grew up watching Ian, I wanted, I always went to his games and saw him go through a lot of highs, go through lows, and it made me learn what my style of game is by watching him play, I watched, he's fast, elusive, he makes a lot of cuts, I'm more of a run through you, big stockier play, 
And I would never have known that if I hadn't have watched him play, if I hadn't have watched him go through everything. And then hmm. I watched Merrick, and I watched Merrick play. And I never realized it until now, but it's... Yeah, I, I sort of have an understanding of what Ian goes through. It's, it's You're always trying to grow because you always have to set the precedent. And if I didn't have Merrick there, I wouldn't have had a precedent to set. I could have just been that the younger brother that's just skating along, making mistakes, but now I make mistakes and I have to learn from them because if I don't learn from them, Merrick won't learn from them. Yeah, that makes sense, sincerely. So, question. So, you so you talked about how, how what, what kind of a player you are. So, I also I also Facebook stopped you a little bit <laughs> and saw that. So, when you were at Central, you're, you from freshman to senior year, you were scrum half. And then you transferred over to a wing. So, kind of run me through, like, how how different that that the field looks from you, and and kind of what what your mindset was is why why did you transition out to the wing and and kind of what what did the field look like to you? Yeah, so um, so I played a uh, scrum half and wing. I played both of them throughout the year, but I played majority of scrum half the first three and a half four years. I would play I would sub out to wing during games. But I would start at nine, and from nine it's you're just a field general. You're kind of just there's you got your front line, you got your line and defense, and then you're just kind of roaming around the back and I mean I, I did pretty well in it I liked it I enjoyed it just kind of having that commanding and everything have to go through me but it, honestly speaking it's a very it's a very boring <laughs> position to me because I played center and fullback and wing and fly half in high school and then I went to nine and I have to be a game driver but I don't get a lot of chances to run but I mean I took advantage of whatever I could run and that sort of kind of set me apart from other nines we'd have a dual kind of like a really run physical nine and then a very skill and pass heavy nine and Played nine, but I would like I said I played wing and fullback in other games, especially the the games when we would have two in one week or when we were really banged up and we were like, hey, no, you got to play fifteen this week. Okay. And then my transition to wing, playing more wing, came because we we had a lot of injuries my uh, my first senior year, and they're like, hey, no, we got two other nines that do really well. Like uh, we just want to throw you on the wing, we'll just have you play wing. And I was like, okay. And I already had the fitness built up to play eighty minutes on the wing, so she just. Most of the time, you're kind of just roaming around, waiting for the ball to get to you, and then the luxury of sometimes as it gets out to you, we'll get to the edge, and one more pass, ah, no pass, just get a ruck, and then I just roam around trying to look for work. But yeah, my transition to primarily wing was just sort of a necessity up at Central of getting, we needed to get 23 guys out there and bring two nines, one one of them is going to be on the bench, why bring three nines and have two guys on the bench? Yeah. And to kind of so to kind of build on top of that, so and Central has you listed at 175, and Dallas has you listed at 205. So now you're on now position playing. You packed on some you packed on some yeah, muscle, so that, man. So now you're really a, gonna start running through people. That, uh, <laughs> one, that 175 was my my freshman year. I weighed in at 175. So obviously over five years, I'm putting on more weight. We're lifting every day, running every day, practicing every day, building strength, building muscle. But yeah, uh, now I'm now I'm down to 195. Did my little preseason bulk and now I'm coming down from it. But yeah, I'm still running as hard as I did back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you are you are thicker now that you, that's brought up. I, I noticed it uh, with some of the photos that I was looking through uh, from mm-hmm. Saturday's game. And I was like, oh man, he is bigger than yeah. I'm used to seeing. Well, like, well, and and strength-wise, it's not belly. The, the camera definitely <laughs> does me justice. I, I saw some of the I'm pictures sorry, you buddy. posted on Instagram and I was like, I was like, whoo. I know I'm not, I don't look that, I'm not that big. <laughs> Must be a filter. Yeah, someone, someone give me the editing script. Just say camera adds, give me the Photoshop camera adds that. 10 pounds, like how many cameras were on me? Damn. Yeah. That's fun. Oh man. So what would be, so So there's like, you know, there's. I'm, I'm big on slogans, right? So you have like Seattle Rugby has the stuff, 
people don't see, you know, mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. Uh, to keep it family friendly. Mm-hmm. But what's your personal slogan? Like, what is your mantra? Like, what what kind of kind of gets you like fit, ready to go? Like, what what are the words that you kind of speak to yourself that are important to you? Ooh, I mean, I didn't see that one coming either. You could take it back. Mack truck. <laughs> I mean, I guess if I had to think of something, I would think of something that Todd Thorne, they always, the coach up at Central, always used to tell me, "Let's control the controllables." Because mm-hmm. like I can, for instance, this game this past weekend, wet, slippery, balls just going through hands, guys are tired, everyone's doing anything. I can't control any of those things, but what I can do is I can control, hey, I know it's wet, so I know i got to line up closer. I know i got to do this, i got to do that. So controlling things that I can control and understanding that there are going to be a lot of times where I can't do everything and everything's something that i just got to let happen. So just for me personally, I struggled a lot when I was younger of being really critical and hypercritical on everything that I did. And sometimes I would be very hypercritical on those things I couldn't control, like what but that if a teammate missed a tackle and a try was scored, I would get upset at myself, like, oh, why didn't I go make that tackle? Why didn't I make that stop? And understanding that things are going to happen. It's a sport. You're not always going to beat everyone. You're not always going to goose egg everyone. And understanding that, hey, I might, I might not have been able to make that tackle, but could I have done something different to give them confidence to make the tackle? How would you well, goose egg on Saturday? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Boise got oh, one goose egg. In, in, their, in their defense, they did travel, and they were missing a lot of their yeah. main guys. I mean, they showed up to the game, I think, 18, 19 players. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, those are great guys. Those are great guys too that we got to meet up. With they them. were, yeah. A couple of them got nominated at the, uh, the Hall of Fame dinner that we had afterwards, and and man, you know, just they're just good people, just really good people. The Boise, the Boise boys travel all the way out, go to the game, bust their humps, and got their asses handed to them straight <laughs> up, and then still put on smiles and went out and socialized with the rest of us, and you would never know. That's rugby, though, isn't it? It really is. The sportsmanship is unmatched. What's that like What's that like being in that situation? Have you ever been in a situation like that? You travel really far, maybe it's the result didn't go your way, that sort of thing. Like, what, what kind of goes through your mind after that? Uh, yeah, like I've that. had a couple of those experiences. I mean, freshman year, when we played St. Mary's, we played a two-day. We played, uh, I think it was San Diego, I think San Diego State, or UC Davis, actually. And then we played St. Mary's a couple of days later, uh, UC Davis, and then got punked by St. Mary's at St. Mary's home field. It was like 50 or 60 to 5 or something. Ouch. And it was just, um, it was like one of those things where I said, it was, at that time, I was still struggling with the hypercritical of being kind of like, hey, what, what, like, why didn't I do anything better? Why didn't I do this or do that? And it was understanding that, that that's going to happen. I mean, we see the World Cup, and we see these teams that, have guys that are playing at the top level they can, and they're still losing 60, 70 mm-hmm. points. And it's just understanding that some days you're on, some days you're off. And, I mean, for us, that was just an off day for us. And, I mean, I mean it, it's also understanding that, like, they, we don't know what they did to, pre- to prepare for it. So we don't we don't know what Boise did to prepare for this game. And, honestly, a lot of the guys were talking about the scoreline, but then a lot of the guys didn't understand that they only had 18, 19 guys. They didn't travel right. two of their main starting guys or yeah. two of their main starting forwards. So... Understanding that, yeah, we might have had a big opportunity. This we might have had a big win this last weekend, but or this past game. But when we played them the first time, we tied, and we had a, I heard from what I because I didn't play in the first game. From what I heard from other guys, we had a majority of the possession, and they didn't have a lot of line breaks, and we still tied them. So it's just every every game's going to be different. Yeah. You could you could practice and do well all week, and then go out to the game and just lose it. Yeah, fall on your face kind of thing. Yeah. What is one of your most memorable tours? Of rugby. Interesting enough, I actually haven't been on a lot of tours. Uh, my high school club, Liberty, would, they would go on a 
UK tour a bunch, and they've done a long time, and I actually never never went on one. Biggest oh, man. It pees me, me off sometimes. It was like, we'd always talk about it, and they never did it. And then the year after I graduated, they went to the UK tour. All these guys that I had played with and that I was a captain of, then they went to UK. And I was like, you kidding me? But, uh, you did go to New Zealand. I did go to New Zealand, yeah. In a little exchange and did school for a whole two years straight. <laughs> but yeah. um, I guess if I had to say, I mean, obviously New Zealand was, was great. It really helped me become who I am now because it showed me like, what it showed me a different level of rugby. But I think coming back, so I went to went to New Zealand and then I came back and I did my first era tour and I was 14 at the time, still kind of getting into higher level. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most memorable one just because at the time I still wasn't very big on contact. I didn't want to, I was small, I was just a small, scrawny kid. I mean, that's not a good picture, but picture will come up of just a small, scrawny kid at the same size. And I was terrified of like hitting big people. I'm going to get smoked and there goes a shoulder and my career's going to be done. And one of my coaches, Coach Banner Hall, he goes, you just got to be a mongrel. Just go out there. If you get hurt, you get hurt. That's what we got trainers for. He goes, just go. And then since then, it's just been put the head down, hit, and if I hit him hard enough, it's not going to hurt. Uh-huh. That's, that's, the, that's the goal. So we, so we went to New Zealand. So kind of walk us through how, like, rugby in New Zealand versus, like, obviously mm-hmm. you are there for a while. I mean, learning and watching people there versus watching, and, I mean, there's not really too much here, but walk us through the differences between the hit down there and the hit up here. Yeah, I think I think the biggest, the biggest sort of shock was... Just kind of like you hear about New Zealand, you hear about like Scotland, France, South Africa, where it's like the rugby powerhouses. But you never realize just how big rugby is until I was going to school and at lunch, we're all in uniform. So we have nice pants, but uh, polo shirts and all this stuff, little jackets. And I go out and in this muddy field, there's just (laughs) a group of 30 guys just diving in white shirts in the mud. Oh. And it was like, like you could see that, like, some guys, their shirts were just permanently stained. And it was like, I was like, whoa. Like, that's, it was like, it was like, this is just how deep it runs to them that these kids, these kids are high school age, so 14 to 18, and they're going out at lunch and in dress shoes, dress pants, a polo shirt, and still throwing shoulders and still getting disgustingly dirty and then going to, and then going to class covered in mud. And no one, like, said anything. No one was like, Talking about anything, it was just, oh, how was the, how was the, how was the little game? Oh, cool. Teachers were asking about it, no one's saying anything. <laughs> you go to awesome. high school here, and it's like people show up to show up with dirty clothes, and it's like they get weird looks. And it's yeah. just, yeah. This is part of the culture. That's yeah. Awesome. That's so awesome. How long did you go to school with all of them? Four months. Wow. Wow, okay. Cause so I left, I left uh, two or three weeks before my eighth grade year ended, and then showed up like a week before my, my freshman year in high school started. To have that experience, right? We had we had kids from New Zealand come up and stay with us, and I played rugby. And we had, and it was, I mean, they again, they smoked us. They came up here and they traveled all that way. Our team got smoked so uh, hard, but it's like it was probably Trident High School. It might have been because that's who we all we've always done it with. Yeah, it Trident every three years. Yeah, that's yeah, what it was it, for a long it, time. It was whoever whoever Bullock had. Yep, Christopher Burns is yeah, who whoever, was yeah, running whoever, whoever it for a long time. Bringing it, but yeah, it was. I mean, it was, all, it was an awesome experience and have him come up and like just teach the culture down there and like like, ta- like you talked about 
talk about how rugby is like it's like second nature down there, man. It's like and 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 if what and if NFL what yeah yeah that was funny when they came. Oh, is that what they call it? I remember when they came in 2016 and uh, we were billet and uh, Seattle was on. It was live game and and we were sitting here at this table cooking it up for him and, and I was like, hey, you guys want the you guys want the game on like Seattle's playing tonight downtown blah 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 and they're like. No. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, tough crowd. I was like, hey, I got some uh, recorded sevens of college ball. You guys want to watch that? And they're like, yeah, that'd be great. Like, oh, okay. Made your stance without cussing. Uh, nicely done. Yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, um, from that go around in 2016, which was my first experience with, with that ex- that you guys are talking about, we got to give a shout out to Jaden. And me knew. Yeah. Because like he said, hey, say hi to Noah. Yeah. He was actually, um. so when they, when I first met all those guys, he was, I can't remember how old I was at the time. They've caught me on it, but um, he was, uh, he stayed at my house, so my family billeted him, but they also billeted another guy, Joe Johnson, plays for New England right now. If Jaden was, we billeted him, and then his family is the family that I stayed with when I went over there. Oh, nice. That's so cool. Yeah, I, I ran across some, some Facebook stuff of, <laughs> of their interaction. It was great. It was great. Yeah, it's, it's easy to keep, it's easy to keep up with those guys because, like, they, I wouldn't say it's easy because they're on the other side of the world. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but it makes you want to keep up with them just because of that bond that yeah. it was created. You know, I know Martin came up in 2016 with Sean, his oldest son, and then in 2019 they came again, and uh, Martin stayed with us again. And uh, Damien had already been down there in 2017 after graduation and stayed a month down there. And uh, the experience of it all made such an impression on my son Damien uh, that, I mean, how do you not keep up with those guys? Yeah. I mean, it's oh, such yeah. a positive influence uh, just as, as, as growing into who you are and the life experience of going to the other side of the world and uh, playing some footy. And then what I noticed with Damien, and tell me if you had similar experience or not, but like after you go down there and you, you're practicing with them and, and you're, you're playing... Did it take away some of the intimidation that otherwise you may have had being in your head a little bit? Oh, uh, a little bit. I mean, I'm, I was a little bit different because when I first started, there was no youth rugby. So I was elementary school trying to go up again with white shorts, run around and against uh, 14, 15, 16-year-olds. So when I went, I wasn't kind of like the intimidation of being in a different place wasn't there. It was more of the like skills. Like I'm going to practice and I'm seeing these guys hit perfect cross-field kicks and I'm mm. seeing these guys throw... Sunny Bills at the back with not even a second thought, and I'm like, whoa. I was like, I still can't even pass my left very well. I haven't, <laughs> right. I haven't even tried to kick on the run. Didn't even, didn't even ask me to do that. So I think the intimidation of being in the area wasn't what got me. It was the that first game when I'm playing and I'm being forced to throw passes that I never even thought would never even have thought of when I was playing here. That's that's a lot of fun. That's crazy. It's sort of a sort of kind of like a trial by fire of every game. It was they were just I was just being forced to do more and more and more because that's what they were used to doing. And they obviously understood that I wasn't there yet, so they would come in, and then as we played more and more games, they got out, 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 and then went from there. I mean, the better, the better, the more, the more people you play with that have more experience, and just you want to put yourself against that. You Forces you to grow. Less talent than you, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's always the best. What, what are you hoping to do in Dallas? What do you, like, impact-wise, like, we talked earlier who you wanted to play against and uh, and who you want to see and, and, and visit with after a game, most likely. What do you want to do in Dallas? What kind of impact, what kind of legacy you want to leave there? Um, 
I mean, obviously, a lot of the time when I talk to people, the, the first question they ask is, oh, like, you're, you're undersized, like, you're not very, like, not tall for, for a wing, like, how is that going to do anything? I think the, the biggest thing that I want is just, like, my legacy is just going to be the, like, he was just a grinder. Like, he just, he just went in, like, like, there's, that's not the picture of me just tackling, like, a big guy, like, that's always been my thing of, like, whether you're 6'8 or 5'8, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tackle you and I'm going to run at you. So, like, my thing that I guess I want is sort of kind of like a, someone that I really, when I transitioned to wing, who I watched a lot was Cheslin Colby and now currently Aronza for South Africa. Um, like them, like, they're not super big, but they have such a big impact in the game because they just do what they do best. Like, I know that I'm not going to jump against a guy like Reichert and win every time, but at least I'm going to go up and make a contest. Like, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go up and I'm going like, to put a chance on the ball and hope that I can cause some havoc rather than just sit back and wait. So what's that like? Noah Wright, professional athlete. Yeah, I mean, um, it's funny. I talked to my dad about it. So I got the call from, uh, it was actually Marcus, who told who was the first one to let me know. He, like, it got posted, and then he called me, and I heard about it, and I talked to him for a little bit, and I called my dad. And then went the whole, kind of, like, rest of the afternoon just celebrating with some of the guys. And then it wasn't really until I woke up the next morning, and I had, like, 120-plus Instagram requests from just random people that I'd never met. Whoa. And I was like, I was like, whoa. I was like, ooh. This is a <laughs> wow. That's a real deal. A little bit different. Yeah. And then now when I walk around, everyone's like, oh, you know he's a pro athlete, right? Like, oh. oh my god. <laughs> it's, it's like it's a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's or, right. Or like uh, the the newspaper I worked for in Allensburg, the Daily Record, they ran a story on me, Marcus, and now because we were mm-hmm. at the college, we got drafted, and then I'd walk around the store and random people were like, oh, didn't I see you in the, the newspaper, right? And I was like. Yeah, right for it. And they're like, no, I saw a story about you. But you're like, you're like pro now, right? Oh, yeah. And I'd just be out with friends, and they'd be like, oh, big guy. Your mom said that. I ran into her yeah. uh, about a week ago in Renton, and uh, she brought that up in conversation about how you were so, like, under, trying to stay under the radar as long as you possibly yeah. could. And I don't blame you. Like, 120, that's intimidating. Oh, yeah. Yeah.